Uh, just to kind of reiterate what Gerald announced earlier, uh, tomorrow night is our prayer night, and it's our desire as leadership just to make prayer a regular rhythm here at Journey Christian Church. So, so we've, we're doing these monthly prayer nights. Uh, starts at 7, and it's what we call a, a time of guided prayer. Um, by that I mean we're going to uh, intermix some worship time with just some prayer points up on the screen to help focus um, our, prayer, our prayers that evening. Uh, it'll last between 45 minutes and an hour, um, and just, again, it's a time to come together as a church family uh, to, to focus our times of prayer. And um, also, like Gerald also said, next Sunday, we're not worshiping here, we're worshiping out at the fairgrounds, and that's at 10 a.m. in the grandstand. Uh, but we also need some help that morning to help clean up the grandstand area after the concert the night before. Uh, so we're looking to put together a crew uh, around 6.30 or 7 a.m., just come out there, um, help, help clean it up, get it ready uh, for our time of worship uh, that begins at 10 a.m. So hope to see you out there um, next Sunday morning at 10. You know, I, I have this habit, I don't know how I got it or why, but I have this habit of, of filling up my coffee cups just a little too full. You know, I, I'm, whether I'm drinking hot tea or, or hot coffee, I want to get the most out of these beverages that I love. So I like max out the capacity of every mug, mug that I use. And, and it always seems then, if I overfill it, then I spill you know, everywhere I go, I kind of, I, I, I leave a, a mark everywhere I go. So, so when I'm drinking this stuff, if I put the coffee cup down, I leave a ring. Or I'll leave drips wherever I go. And, and Dory knows exactly where I've been around the house because she can see evidence of where, where I have put my cup. I leave that mark wherever I've been. You know, I once read that the surest sign that you are carrying a full bucket is wet feet. You know, you ever do that? You're, you're carrying the bucket, and you're spilling on yourself. You're spilling wherever you go. And again, you leave your mark wherever you carry that full bucket. And I think that's true with our walk with Christ as well. When we follow Jesus, we should be doing it in such a way that it leaves a mark. Not just on us, not spilling over only on our lives, but wherever we travel, we should be leaving the mark that, hey, we've been here and Jesus has overflowed here as well. You know, when we live our lives to the fullest of Jesus, they're going to overflow with thanksgiving. And as we come to our text this morning in Colossians chapter 3, that's what I really want, want to drive home today, that when our lives are full of Jesus, they're going to overflow with thankfulness. Uh, we, we come to chapter 3, verse 15 in our text today from Colossians as we uh, working through this series called The Supreme Life. And the, uh, the underlying theme that holds our verses together from 15 through 17 of chapter 3 is this idea of gratitude, idea of being thankful. So as we look at the text today, we're going to see that, that we can be thankful for three things this morning. The peace of Christ, the message of Christ, and the name of Christ. So first, we're thankful for the peace of Christ. In verse 15, it says this, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. 
See, this peace of Christ that's in our heart is one that's designed and meant to rule. And, and the idea of rule there, um, it's, it's an athletic term, and, and it carries the idea of being an umpire. Now think about the, the role of an umpire for a minute in, in an athletic game. Uh, you know, an umpire is the one there to make sure that you follow the rules, that, that if you like step out of the, the lane, for example, in a track meet, that, you know, they're going to call you on it. In baseball, the umpire's there behind the home plate and around the field, you know, making the calls to keep the game moving as it should go without a lot of chaos, without a lot of ar- arguing or supposedly. But the, the umpire there is for a purpose. And Paul loves to use these athletic terms and athletic uh, images in his scripture because here, here he just reminds us that, you know, he, these umpires are keeping the standard consistent with this idea of rule. W- one translation of, of this verse, I, I love how it puts it. It says, let the peace of Christ be the umpire in your heart amidst the conflicts of life. Let it decide what is right. Let it be your counselor. So here's a pro tip for you on how to avoid misery. Let the peace of Christ umpire your heart. You know, just think about how many words we would hold back. How many words that might hurt or divide that we wouldn't speak if we were letting the peace of Christ really rule in our hearts. Think of how many sleepless nights we could avoid if it was the peace of Christ being the one in charge of our lives. Think of how much drama we could do without if we let the peace of Christ umpire our hearts. Now, sometimes that's hard, though, and and I get it. It's tough to to get to that point. Because for many people, this idea of peace um, and and rule don't go together. They, They seem to be in opposition to one another. Because one understanding of peace might think, well, I'm going to do whatever I want. There's no rules, no regard. I'm going to throw off all constraint. I'm going to just, I'm going to follow my own way. And that's, that's sometimes the world's sense of peace. But, but, but get this, we are not shaped by a set of rules. We are shaped by a ruler. And that ruler is Jesus. Because with this biblical concept of peace comes, comes a ruler that, that it, we are to let umpire and control and guide our lives. You know, for, for me personally, when I came to Christ, there was a big shift that took place because a new ruler came into my life. And I, I went from a life of longing, you know, to, to one being replaced with a Lord in my life. I went from partying to, to purpose. I went from desires to seek the next thrill to a desire to be filled by Him. I went from following the world to, to following the Word. There's a shift that takes place when we allow the peace of Christ to come in and rule our lives. You know, and the peace of Christ is so different from everything that the world gives, radically different. You know, Jesus himself put it in John chapter 14. He says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You know, why is it so different? Well, Jesus says, this is my peace. 
You know, I, I, I can almost hear the, that mic drop moment, you know, when he says, hey, what, what I'm offering you is different from anything else out there because he's giving us himself. This, you know, this, so this peace that he brings, it's not, you know, nuclear disarmament. It's not Middle East peace talks. It's not a piece of the pie or a piece of the puzzle. Jesus is giving us himself. And it only comes from Jesus because it is Jesus living within our hearts. Now, this peace that he gives, is, it doesn't mean just the absence of conflict. I mean, I think in life we're, we'll always have some degree of conflict, but it's how we deal with that is really the issue. When Jesus Christ is ruling in our hearts and, and some tension comes into a relationship, which it will from time to time simply because we're human, when that tension or conflict comes in, when we're allowing the peace of Christ to rule in our hearts, it's no longer about whether we win the argument or not. It's no longer about whether we come out ahead or beat the other person or prove them wrong and we're right. It's not about that. But it's about how we approach those tensions, about how we value the other person in the midst of that conflict or tension. See, the peace that Jesus gives is wholeness. It's, it's a sense of completeness and well-being. And when you have that in your life, then it's not about winning or losing. Then it's not about proving that you're right and the other people are wrong. It's not about um, elevating ourselves and, and putting other people down. But it is about a broken relationship restored. It's about purpose found. It's about longing topped off. It's about, filled our, about filling to overflowing such a way that it spills on us and it spills all around us. It's full bucket living. You know, we can live thankful lives when we let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. And we can be thankful for that. Well, second of all, carrying a full bucket of Jesus around uh, leaves a mark in that we are thankful for the message of Christ. Look back at our text in, in verse 16. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through, through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. There's that tying theme again of thankfulness, of, of gratitude. Uh, um, other versions say, you know, let, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. You know, all throughout Scripture we hear about the Word of God, and here in the New Testament is the Word of Christ or the message of Christ. But, but here's what it's about. When the peace, of Christ, the peace of Christ rules where the Word of Christ dwells. That idea of dwell there carries behind it the meaning, uh, a meaning of influence, of impact. When, when we dwell and let the Word of God inhabit our lives, it's going to influence us, in other words. It's going gonna, it's gonna to lead to change. Well, the question then becomes, well, how, how does the message of Christ dwell in us richly? Well, it begins by just reading it. So let me encourage you and challenge you just to read it off and read it daily. You know, and there's different ways that you can do that. You can, you can follow a Bible reading program. You could just read, read a chapter a week or a chapter a day. 
You know, you might set the goal of reading through the Bible in a year. You know, the amount is not as important as the habit itself. So read it, read it in your paper Bible, read it on your phone, you know, read it on your tablet. Just spend some time getting it into your heart. Begin to read it. But reading it alone doesn't necessarily guarantee that, that it's going to dwell in you richly in such a way that it's going to influence and, and impact and change you. So we take it a step further and just and begin to think about it or, or meditate on it. You know, and, and you can do that different ways as well. You know, one of the um, apps that I like to use is called Dwell. And Dwell, just uh, it's an audio Bible, but it has a, a, a uh, feature in there that will repeat the verses or the chapters if you want to. So sometimes I'll set it on repeat and I'll just listen to the same uh, section of Scripture over and over. And as I do, you know, you, it begins to soak in you and you begin to meditate on it and, and you begin to internalize it, you know. But it doesn't have to be as high-tech as that. You can just record yourself speaking it, play it back again, or, or listen to it on, on other uh, apps on your phone like, like version, something like that. Or you can go old school and just bust out the Post-it notes and stick Post-it notes everywhere. So, so when you're getting dressed in the morning and brushing your teeth, you got the Post-it note on the mirror. Or write it on a piece of paper and stick it in your pocket, you know, and then pull it out when you have a free moment. You know, the message is not as important, or the, rather the method is not as important as the message. So if you like high-tech stuff, go that route. If you're old-school paper and pen, go that route. But just get it into you. Meditate on it. Let it marinate in your life and think about it. But we need to take that even a step further. So the Word of Christ, we need to read it, we need to meditate on it, think about it, but then ultimately richness comes through obedience. You know, it's spirit-filled participation with the living Word of God. It's not only about a discipline of reading. It's not only a di discipline about maybe even memorizing Scripture. It's a matter of our heart and our hands as well. It's about doing what we read. So when the peace of Christ rules in our heart, that's going to happen where the Word of God dwells. So get into the Word. That full bucket living of, of leaving your mark wherever you go has an element of the message of Christ dwelling in us richly. Well, full bucket living also spills out into another area, and it's living thankfully for the name of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Verse 17 says, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. You know, that first few verses, and whatever you do, there's, it's really an all-encompassing nature to, to, to this verse. Because what, the word whatever is wonderfully open-ended, isn't it? You know, and, and if you were to do a, a, a word study on that word and dig into it and go back to the original language and pull out the dictionaries, you will find that the word whatever means whatever. It means every aspect of your life. It's intentionally um, not limited. So th there's a, um, there's a uh, 
a program that I use sometimes for studying the Bible called Blue Letter Bible. And, and you can look at Blue Letter Bible and it tells you all how, the, how um, different meanings of the words and how it's used. So, so I typed in Colossians 3.17 and that phrase, whatever you do, and it, and it really encompasses things that you make or things that you do. And ju- just to uh, show the all-encompassing aspect of it, he- here's how, how th- this involves our lives and what it means. It says to make, to produce, cons- construct, form, fashion, to be the authors of, the cause, to make ready, to prepare, to bear, to shoot forth, to acquire, to provide a thing for oneself, to make a thing out of something, to lead someone out, to make one do something, to be the author of a thing, to cause, to bring about. And then it goes on about the idea of doing things, to act rightly, to do well, to carry out, to execute, to do to one, to celebrate, to keep, to make ready, to perform, to promise. When when I did all that study, I, I realized why the text says what it does. You know, I can picture the, the author, the Apostle Paul. He's got his, you know, quill and, and ink out, and he's writing on the parchment, and he's going, okay, to produce, to be the author of, to bear, bear fruit, to cause, to bring about, to perform. And then he just pauses, scratches that all out, and he writes, whatever. <laughs> you know, whatever you do. And every aspect of your life. So how you think, how you act with other people, how, how you go about your work, your family, your recreation, whatever that you do, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. You know, that means living our life to the fullest, that full bucket living for the name of Christ. So when when people ask you what you are all about, then you can just reply, Jesus, you know, what's your story, they ask? Jesus, what's important to you and your family? Jesus, You know, why are you involved in church and and give of your time and resources? Jesus. Jesus and structures and guides our our work life, our family, our hobbies, our vacations, what you do on Friday night and how you approach work on Monday morning. Everything about our life, we do it in the name of Jesus. Because you know what? People are watching. Your kids are watching you. Your colleagues are watching you. Your, your spouse is observing you. People around you are watching how you live. And if you claim the name of Jesus, if you say, yeah, I'm a Christian, then that means full bucket living in such a way that it not only spills upon you and impacts you, but it impacts those around you as well. The commentator and biblical scholar Kent Hughes, in his, in his commentary on Colossians, uh, tells a story about a lady named Warrior Brown. And Warrior Brown uh, l- lived in the last century, and, and she came to Christ through the ministry of the Salvation Army. And she was called Warrior Brown because when she would, you know, start dipping into the sauce a little bit, and, and when she was inebriated, she had a fiery temper. And she would lash out at everybody and, and was just known as a fighter, verbally and physically. She was a warrior. But th- through this ministry, uh, she got saved and God transformed her life from the inside out. And a couple weeks later, she was at one of their uh, outdoor worship services and she shared her testimony about how Jesus changed her life. 
And there was a doubter and, and a scoffer in, in the crowd that day. And, and this, this guy happened to have a potato on him. And he chucked a, a potato at her and just hit her hard, left a bruise, left a mark. And the old warrior Brown would have lashed out at that guy, probably would have jumped off the stage and, and took him on, you know, in a fist fight. But she had been transformed, so without saying a word, she just reached down and picked up the potato and put it in her pocket. Now, we, weeks and months went by, and, and le- later that year, it was time for their uh, fall harvest offering. So at, at that service, Warrior Brown came up and, and gave a, a sack of potatoes. And, and the way she put it is that that insulting potato, she cut up and planted and it grew, and now she says she's given the increase, how that impacted her life back to the church. You know, she went about a, a radical change because, the, because Jesus had filled her life in such a way that it was radically changed because she let Jesus be the umpire of her life. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up this morning. You know, and, and as they do, let, let me ask you this question. You know, who is ruling your life? Is the peace of Christ the umpire in your heart? Is the message of Christ inside your life transforming you and changing you from the inside out so that you live and act differently? Is the name of, of Jesus the, the driving force in whatever you do? In other words, is your bucket full? Are you carrying around a full bucket in such a way that it changes you and everybody around you? Because when our lives are full of Jesus, they're going to overflow with thankfulness. So, Journey, let, let Jesus fill your bucket today. Let Jesus fill your life and change your life today. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much that you offer life change, that you offer thankful living uh, through your son, Jesus. And Lord, I, I pray for everyone here today that you will fill up our lives in such a way that it impacts everyone around us. So we are thankful for the word of Christ. We are thankful for the name of Christ. We are thankful for the peace of Christ that fills us. And Lord, for those, of, for those t- here today that, you know, might not even be carrying a bucket of Jesus or only half full. Lord, I I pray for change in their lives as well. Fill them, change them through the power of the Holy Spirit. We pray this in your name. Amen.